I'm Nick Forster. This week in E-Town, we are going to feature a couple of musical legends from the American Songbook. Really amazing combination of artists. And that show starts right now. From the foothills of the Rocky Mountains, it's E-Town with this week's guests from Coburn, Virginia, Rebel recording artist Ralph Stanley and the Clinch Mountain Boys. And from Northern California, anti-recording artist Ramblin' Jack Elliott. I'm Helen Forster. Please join me right now in welcoming Nick Forster. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, everybody. Welcome to E-Town. We get together every week, listen to some live music, talk about the world around us. This is a big day for us. We get to visit with a couple of American musical legends, two men who have between them more than 110 years of making music and making records, traveling all over the world. Both have won Grammys, played for presidents. Both are more at home, however, playing for working people and friends and neighbors. And these are both great American stories. Two men who grew up and and absorbed what was around them, found their own voices, and they're almost exact opposites in a way. Their stories are almost exactly opposite of each other. One grew up in the hills of Virginia and stayed there all his 82 years so far. The other grew up in the middle of Brooklyn and had to leave to find himself. These two are really voices that have influenced the shape of our popular music, changed it without trying to, and uh, it's an honor to have them both with us this week. First up, one of the most distinctive American singers, a famous banjo player and partner with his brother Carter in uh, one of the pioneering bands in bluegrass and mountain music, the Stanley Brothers. Please welcome back to E-Town someone the Library of Congress considers a living legend, the one and only Dr. Ralph Stanley and the Clinch Mountain Boys. Just won't believe that any man alive could ever 
Thank you very much. Now we're going to do you a gospel song that I wrote. I'll answer the call. I think they like you. Well, I hope so. <laughs> I believe they do. Well, they sure should. They should. You sound great. The band sounds great. You're singing as well as ever. Well, I appreciate that. I've and, been uh, singing did... a long time. 82 years old and been singing on this business for 62 years. Yeah. Now, I think most of our listeners probably have heard somewhere along the line that you grew up in the hills of Virginia around the town of McClure and that neighborhood. What's that part of Virginia like? Maybe just give them a picture of what that landscape is like where you grew up. Well, it's sort of in the hills, you know. There are a lot of hills and mountains and see a lot of pretty trees and woods and so forth. It's just 
sort of way back in the sticks, you know, but I like it there. Yeah. And uh, is the, uh, the nearest town to where you live, is, uh, how many people are in that town? I live out in the country, you know, but I guess the county seat probably got uh, maybe two or 3,000 people. Yeah. <laughs> big place. Yeah, it's pretty big. <laughs> now, uh, and I know that your mother played the banjo. She played the old claw hammer style. Right. You want me to do one? Sure, you want to show them how that, what that's like? Yeah. I'll show look, them look. how I first learned to play. Now that sounds like dance music, doesn't it? That sounds you like watch. good dance music. Oh yeah, you know, claw hammer style. Yeah, I think you're it good really limber and everything. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Takes pretty good legs to yeah. stay with that. Now, uh, let me ask you about when you got back from uh, the service in 1946. I guess it was. Yeah, I got back in 1946. Yeah. Did, did World you know? War II, huh? Did you know that you and Carter were going to have a career in music right as soon as you got home? Well, I was in hopes, and we wanted to. Yeah. Looks like it's turned out good for us. <laughs> uh, and I suspected, you know, of course, you had a lot of success and made a ton of records and signed to a bunch of different labels, including, you know, major labels like Columbia and, you know, had every kind of success on the radio and television and so on. But I bet that that movie, Oh Brother, We're Out There, was about the biggest help you got along in your career. Is that right? Yeah, you know, I tell everybody that that put the icing on the cake for me. Yeah. Do you think that brought new people to your music? That brought so many new fans. That doubled or tripled my fans, I guess, and a lot of it was young kids. Yeah. Three and four years old even come up. To, <laughs> they even come up to me and ask me for old death. Have you all heard that one? Wow. Wow. I don't blame them, although uh, if I were a five-year-old, it would probably creep me out a little bit. That's a spooky well, song. That uh, surprised me, too, you know, but yeah. they seemed to like it. Doc Boggs is where that came from, right? Yeah, yeah, that's where yeah. I got it from. Well, maybe we'll get to hear a little bit of that later on. But, um, you know, you once ran for a political office, I understand, and I heard that there was some dirty dealings and some... They took advantage of you, didn't treat you right. Well, I think that think is a little bit of dirty uh, politics, you know. Republicans and Democrats, you know, they get together and trade people off. One side wants to elect somebody, and they'll get the other side to help them elect him to beat the rest of the ticket. Right. But I think, it's, uh, I think we're lucky that you didn't win because... Lord have mercy. <laughs> Now, uh, you have a festival that celebrates the landscape in your natural neighborhood? Yeah, I have a festival at the old home place where I was born and raised. And we'll be having that festival this year. This could be my last one. I'm not sure now, but if anybody wants to come there and see it, well, I'd be glad to have you this year because it could be your last chance, but I wouldn't swear to that. Yeah. <laughs> And if for some reason they can't make it to the festival, I understand there's a new museum in your honor that's opened up too. I've got a $2 million 
museum in Clintwood, Virginia that the state uh, built for me. And I'm real proud of that. You know that a lot of people have museums, but there's not too many that live to see them. <laughs> well, I just want to say, uh, Ralph, it's an honor to have you back on the show and spend time with you. I was felt lucky always in the 70s and uh, 80s. We got to work a lot of festivals together. And, we did. Uh, it's, a, it's been a pleasure to keep in touch and have you back on E-Town. Well, I'm certainly glad to be back out here. I believe this makes your second time here, yeah, doesn't it? that's right. Yeah. And I'm, I thank, want to thank you, and I'm really proud to get to come out this way. All right. Well, thank you. Let's get back to music. Welcome back. Just one of my heroes. Thank Ralph, you. Dr. Ralph Stanley. And the Clinch Mountain Thank Boys. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, folks. Well, I'm going to do you a little melody on the banjo, the old uh, claw hammer style. Could you maybe give us just a little tiny piece of that O Death while we're waiting for the banjo? Yeah. you spare me over till another year well what is this that I can't see with ice cold hand taking hold of me well I am dead none can excel I'll open the door to heaven or hell Oh, death, someone would pray, could you wait to call me another day? The children prayed, the preacher preached, time and mercy are out of your reach. I'll fix your feet till you can't walk, I'll lock your jaws. So you can't talk Death I come To take the soul Leave the body And leave it cold To drop the flesh Right off the frame The earth and worm Both have a claim Oh, death, oh, oh, death, won't you spare me over till another year? Won't you spare me over till another year? Thank you.
Feed me candy, darling, sweet little Isaac Jane. Going to Rocky Island, oh honey, oh Lord, Lord. See me candy, darling, you know I love her so. Dr. Ralph Stanley, Lynch Mountain Boys, along with Ralph Stanley, too, on rhythm guitar. Nathan Stanley on the mandolin, Dewey Brown on the fiddle, Audie Ratliff on the bass, Steve Sparkman on the banjo, and James Allen Shelton on the lead guitar. The CD is out on Rebel Record called Old Time Pickin' Clawhammer Banjo Collection. That was Ralph Stanley and the Clinch Mountain Boys on stage at E-Town from back in 2009. We'll be back with much more after a short break. Your visit to E-Town is made possible in part by our family of supporters, including Charlie and Leanne Sander, Brad Feld and Amy Batchelor, and a special thanks to Ed Littlefield Jr. for your continued support. As a reminder, for your viewing pleasure, there are over 2,000 videos on the E-Town YouTube channel, where you can also subscribe in order to stay up to date with our latest offerings. You're listening to E-Town. Thank you. 
I'm Nick Forster. You're listening to E-Town. Ralph Stanley and the Clinch Mountain Boys are going to be back a little later on in the show to play some more music from the great state of Virginia. And uh, another American musical icon, Ramblin' Jack Elliott, is coming up to play some songs from his latest CD. But before we get back to music, we're going to introduce you all to, to somebody who is stepping up and making a difference in their hometown. These are volunteers, people we find out about from listeners like you, people who have inspired you in some way, and uh, typically it's people who just look at a, a problem and decide to dive in and try to make a dent, make a difference. These are great, inspiring stories. It's the Achievement Award. We get to give them a little recognition on the air. It's made possible by a grant from the Bohemian Foundation. Here comes Helen to tell you about this week's winner. Thank you, Nick. This week's nomination is from Kim Glatz of Denver, Colorado. Kim listens to E-Town on station KBCO, and she's nominating Stacy Gilmore, also of Denver, for the Achievement Award this week. Stacy is a Colorado native. She's also a Latina, and she's the first in her family to graduate from college, earning degrees in the sciences. After college, while working for a Summer Kids Environmental Stewardship Project and also a summer jobs program with the state's Natural Resources Agency, Stacy discovered that she had a real knack for relating to young people. She also came to realize that inner city students were not often encouraged to explore science and related careers. So she co-founded a nonprofit organization to do just that. As her nominator says, quote, because of Stacy's influence, these young people have been given the opportunity to reach for and achieve goals that originally seemed to be unattainable, unquote. And Stacy's here in person with us to tell us more. So let's welcome right now this week's winner, Stacy Gilmore. How are you, Stacy? Just fine, thank you. I'm glad you could join us. Congratulations. Oh, thank you very much. It's a great honor. Well, it's a lot of good stuff you've already done. So um, Helen mentioned that after college, you discovered that inner city kids are not, uh, as a rule, encouraged to go into the sciences. That's very true, especially girls and people of color. When I first got out of college and went to functions at my agency, I a lot of times was the only female or person of color there. I knew also that the high school graduation rate for people of color, especially in urban areas, is a lot lower. And I wanted to do something about that. Mm -hmm. And so I began Environmental Learning for Kids, or yeah. ELK for short. Yeah. Tell us first a little bit about what the program does specifically. We actually take kids on outdoor field trips. We take them hiking and camping, and we teach them about science when we're outdoors with them. And the kids that we work with are usually kids that come from very um, low-income backgrounds and families that maybe don't have a lot of resources. Maybe their parents didn't graduate from high school. And so we work with about 50% African-American, 45% Latino, and five other and how old are these kids? Six to 18, but our older students who have graduated from high school like us to include up to 24 because they're still in college and they want to be part of ELK still. Oh, wow. That's cool. And so you must have different um, learning opportunities for different age groups. We have four different programs. The first one is a school-based program. And so we go into the schools and teach the kids about science, maybe urban wildlife, and just an awareness of the outdoors. And then we have a Denver Youth Naturally program that is for kids 6 to 18. And it's a year-round program. Kids go on about 50 activities each year, and they're day-long. And we teach them about science education mm -hmm. on those field trips. 
trips and leadership and mentoring other students. And then we have a youth and natural resources program, which is for our 14 to 24-year-old students. That's really summer employment and career building. So they build their resumes and really get ready to go out into the workforce. And then finally, we have a family-based program. And that introduces the whole family to fishing and hiking and camping so that they can really be a support network to their students. Cool. I, I suspect that, again, in this population of kids, the type of kids you've described, inner city disadvantaged, you know, kids that are not typically exposed to this stuff, does this have an impact on their graduation rate and their interest in and their ability to go to college? It does, definitely. Kids in environmental learning for kids have a 98% high school graduation rate for kids in our program. So, yeah. Wow. That is compared to Denver Public Schools for African-American and Latino students. It's less than 50% of those students will graduate from high school. So kids in our program do graduate from high school. And we've actually raised over $70,000 in college scholarships for our high school graduates to go on to college. Wow. So, I mean, that's an astounding statistic. So it's just something as simple as connecting them to a learning opportunity, or do you think it's connecting them to the natural environment, or is it the combination? I think it's the combination, but then it's also the great volunteers and board and staff. They put in countless hours to really mentor kids and to create an environment where our kids feel empowered to step out of that comfort zone and to say, you know what, I'm not going to settle for the status quo. I'm going to reach high and I've got people behind me that will support me and help me make it happen. That's so cool. Now you started this what year? When did you start this? 1996. 96. And so how many kids have been through the program since you started it? We have served over 75,000 kids and families in the state of Colorado. Wow. That's great. Stacy, congratulations. This week's winner of the Achievement Award, Stacy Gilmore, founder of Elk Environmental Learning for Kids. The Achievement Award is made possible by a grant from the Bohemian Foundation, building stronger communities through the Bohemian qualities of creativity and imagination. Thanks to our nominator, Kim Glatz of Denver, Colorado, both she and Stacy will receive a generous gift bag with all sorts of E-Town goodies and much more. Now to our listeners, if you'd like more information about this week's featured worthy organization, if you'd like to nominate someone for an Achievement Award, or to catch this week's entire interview again, You can do all this by visiting our website, etown.org, or write us the old-fashioned way at Box 954, Boulder, Colorado, 80306. That was a cool story. Thanks, Helen. Thanks, Stacy. Ralph Stanley and the Clinch Mountain Boys are going to be back to play some more music in a bit right now. I want to tell you about our next guest, Ramblin' Jack Elliott. I'm going to borrow from an introduction that President Bill Clinton gave him years ago. He said, Ramblin' Jack Elliott sings like he was raised on the range, but he was actually born, as he puts it, on a 45,000-acre ranch in the middle of Flatbush. He left home at 15 to join the rodeo where he learned to sing cowboy songs, but it was his hearing his first Woody Guthrie record that transformed him into the man Sam Shepard calls a wandering true American minstrel. 
Since then, he's traveled the world with his guitar and recorded more than 40 albums, winning a Grammy and fans from Bob Dylan to Mick Jagger. In giving new life to our most valuable musical traditions, Ramblin' Jack has himself become an American treasure. That's what Bill Clinton had to say. I would add that he's also been somewhat of a jester in his life, helping us uh, kind of see things more clearly through humor and by showing us that uh, you can, in fact, be more free than you might think in your own life. So we're very happy to have him back. Please welcome back to E-Town from Northern California now, Ramblin' Jack Elliott. Thank you. We're playing Woman Blues. Give me red lipstick and a bright poppy rouge, a single bob haircut, and a shot of good booze. Hurry down, sweet daddy, they come up blowing your home. If you come too late. Mama will be gone Come along, young man Everything's setting right My husband gonna wait till Next Saturday night Hurry down, sweet daddy Come blowing your home if you come too late, your mama will be gone. Hurry down, sweet daddy 
come blowing your horn mm, come too late mama will be gone with rosy red garters and pink hose on my feet turkey red bloomers with a rumble seat hurry down sweet and daddy come blowing your horn if you come today sweet mama will be gone best church shut high then they could low don't think I'm a sport keep on watching me go hurry down sweet and daddy Come today, your mama will be gone. If you come today, your mama will be gone. That's a, that's a new one on me. Thank you. Uh, Nick and Helen are going to help me on this one. Kind of a newer version of an old song I've been singing for about 60 years. I just recorded it on this new album and let's do it. All right.
I was talking before about how, how Ralph Stanley kind of came out in uh, the hills of Virginia and was that guy and is still that guy and, and still there in that same place. You had to get out of, of oh, Brooklyn, get yeah. out of New York. Well, my next door neighbor was an old whaler from New Bedford, Massachusetts, Captain Hinckley. And he had a job about bringing ships into New York Harbor. He'd, he'd uh, done all kinds of different things on the sea. He'd, I was about 12 years old, and I'd been interested in boats and stuff and reading the Blue Jackets manual. Then I went to a rodeo, <laughs> got distracted. <laughs> Met some cowboys. Figured it was quicker to go west than it was to go to sea. <laughs> ended up going, traveling around, ran away from home, and ended up traveling with a traveling rodeo for $2 a day. Now, uh, your father was a surgeon in Brooklyn at the time, and he I saw a picture up. recently of the missing persons bulletin that your family sent out with a $500 reward saying, where the heck is our son That's with right. your picture on it? Yep. Meanwhile, you're out working for $2 a day in a rodeo somewhere. <laughs> yeah, Colonel Jim brought me the picture one day. That he was the head of the rodeo and owned it. They called me Poncho. This your picture, Pacho? Oh, I looked at the picture. It was a real ugly photograph, but it was me, all right. And I said, yeah, that's me. Well, he says, why didn't you tell me you was a runaway? If I'd have known you was a runaway, I wouldn't have hired you. I said, I guess that's why I didn't tell you. <laughs> and then my parents very kindly took me back, and I went through high school and a little bit of college, but couldn't quite hack it. I was like... Itchy foot, wanted to see the world. Yeah. Cape Horn, sail around the Horn in a square rigger. Still haven't done it. 
I'm, I'm waiting for the right ship. <laughs> you may not have done that, but you've done a lot of other stuff. You know, there's so many great stories. There's so many places where you were there and uh, at these sort of critical times. You know, the fact that Jack Kerouac read his manuscript of On the Road to You in person, and I think it took, how long did it take? Three bottles of wine. <laughs> yeah, three days. Three days. Three days, yeah. Three days of him reading to you. That's just sort of an iconic moment. The fact that you stole James Dean's girlfriend and married her, that's kind of an iconic moment. I didn't mean to steal her. I actually tried to give her back, but then, <laughs> no. no. We're still good friends. Yeah. You also stole Allen Ginsberg's girlfriend, and that's really something to think about. I didn't... I, I told him, quite I didn't know he liked girls. <laughs> he did then, apparently. He was a very nice person. Yeah. I always liked that. Um, you once said that you watched Woody Guthrie at the typewriter writing one perfect song after another. And uh, it was amazing to me how many people talked about having uh, been really profoundly influenced by their encounters with you, bumping into you either on record or in person or uh, socially or at a show. You know, Tom Waits, Bruce Springsteen, Van Morrison. Uh, I Beck, attract a uh, lot of weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> it's true, but you know. You're like a freak magnet, is that what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> I, uh, I watched a, a great clip of you on the Johnny Cash television show. I mean, you did a brave thing. You sang Mule Skinner Blues in uh, Nashville on a TV show. And it helped that you had Randy Scruggs and Norman Blake playing in your band. That was helpful. Yeah, it was helpful. But you, uh, you, you did this thing that was great, and you captured the attention of that audience with, among other things, a great yodel. And you also held this note for what seemed like about a minute and a half. It was only four to five seconds, but I really, I had to get my lungs tested recently, and I went to the doctor, and they uh, said I wasn't doing very well, and I thought, well, I'll give you a little surprise, and I looked up at the clock on the wall. I waited for the second hand to come up to 12, and I, I saved up some air, and I let that note go, and what with the added impetus of having the clock and two doctors looking at me. I, I sang that note for 60 seconds. Wow. Two years later, two years later, I went back to the same hospital. That doctor had died. <laughs> and I got two more young doctors there. They gave me the same lung test again, and they said, Jack, I'm sorry to tell you this, but you got a problem with your lungs. I thought, Okay, I'll do it again. <laughs> I look up at the clock, and I let it go, and uh, I did it for 70 seconds. So, getting better. I don't know. I hope their health is still okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to go back to that hospital yeah. again. It's, it's hard to find parking space up there. <laughs> well, um, I, we are now uh, revealing to our listeners the, uh, the other half of the meaning behind your name, Ramblin' Jack, which is your storytelling uh, really? can, can cover some territory. 
Um, anyway, I do believe that uh, this guy does represent a kind of connecting point for so much of the stuff that we care about, musically and otherwise. So dive in, learn what you can, see him whenever you can. Meanwhile, we got him right here, so let's hear some more music. Welcome back, if you would, Ramblin' Jack Elliott. Thank you. And now this is the first song I ever learned by Woody Guthrie. It was before I met Woody. I learned it off of one of his records back around 1950. And I met Woody a few months later in 51. And I tried singing a song with him one time, but he couldn't remember the words. And I was, I was in shock. Well, I was about 18 or 19 years old then, and Woody was about 39. And he'd written about 3,000 songs by that time, so I guess I got to understand how he might have forgotten the words. And I sang it with all my heart and love this song. It's my favorite song. It's called Hard Traveling. It mentions a lot of different jobs. Hard Traveling. Hard traveling, I thought you know. I've been having some hard traveling way down the road. I've been having some hard traveling, hard rambling, hard gambling. I've been doing some hard traveling, Lord. I've been riding them fast rattlers, I thought you knowed. I've been riding them flat wheelers way down the road. I've been riding them blind passengers, dead enders, kicking up cinders. I've been doing some hard traveling, Lord. And I've been hitting some hard rock mine, and I thought you know. I've been leaning on the pressure drill way down the road. Hammer flying, air hose sucking, six feet of mud in the show, been a muckin' and I've been doing some hard traveling, Lord. And I've been hitting some hard harvesting, I thought you knew. North Dakota to Kansas City, way down the road. Cutting that wheat, stacking that hay, trying to make about a dollar a day, and I've been doing some hard traveling, Lord. I've been working at Pittsburgh Steel, I thought you knew. I've been dumping red hot slag way down the road. I've been blast, I've been firing, I've been pouring at red hot iron, and I've been doing some hard traveling long. I've been leaning in the hard rock jail, I thought you knew. I've been laying out 90 days way down the road And a mean old judge says to me It's 90 days for vagrancy And I've been in some hard traveling, Lord I've been walking that Lincoln Highway I thought you knew I've been hitching on 66 way down the road Heavy load and a worried mind Look for a woman that's hard to find it's some hard traveling, Lord. 
That's Ramblin' Jack Elliott, now living up in Northern California. He had a little help from the E-Tones, Chris Engelman, Christian Teal, Ron Jolly, Helen Forster. His new CD is called A Stranger Here, out on Anti-Records. Ramblin' Jack Elliott. What a character. There he is, the one and only Ramblin' Jack Elliott, on stage at E-Town from back in 2009. We will be back with more music from Ralph Stanley and the Clinch Mountain Boys after a short break. Your visit to E-Town is made possible in part by the Scientific and Cultural Facilities District, or SCFD, one of the largest cultural funding mechanisms in the United States, supporting nearly 300 organizations in the greater Denver area. You're listening to E-Town. I'm Nick Forster. I'd like to say hello to our listeners who are hearing E-Town on stations like KPUP in Patagonia, Arizona, on WUWM in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and on KFSK in Petersburg, Alaska. As always, if you'd like some more information about all the things that we're up to here at E-Town, lots of stuff is available online at etown.org. We have an opportunity to hear a little bit more of Ramblin' Jack at the very end. He's going to be out to play a song with Ralph and the Clinch Mountain Boys. But uh, right now we're going to welcome back one of our musical heroes, Dr. Ralph Stanley and the Clinch Mountain Boys. Thank you. Now I want to do you an old timer. I've been singing uh, about all my life. Steve Sparkman will kick it off here on the banjo and pick it for us. Pretty Polly.
me be a single girl if I can't be your wife Well, Polly, pretty Polly, that never can be Polly, pretty Polly, that never can be Your past reputation and trouble to me Ralph Stanley and the Clinch Mountain Boys. Ralph Stanley, too, on the rhythm guitar. Nathan Stanley on the mandolin. Dewey Brown on the fiddle. Audie Ratliff on the bass. Steve Sparkman on the banjo. And James Shelton on the lead guitar. Ralph Stanley and the Clinch Mountain Boys. In the great state of Virginia. Such a great sound. We've got time for... We've got time for one more song. I'd like to invite uh, Ramblin' Jack Elliott to come out here on stage and join us. And uh, here's a song we worked up just a little while ago. And uh, I want to thank all our guests once again. Thanks to Ramblin' Jack for joining us. It's so great to have you back with us. Thanks again to our award winner, Stacy Gilmore, helping connect inner city kids to nature and science, improving their graduation rates, sending them off to college. Thanks to Ralph Stanley, great singer, and the Clinch Mountain Boys coming here from Virginia, real American legends. Thanks to the E-Tones, Helen Forster. I'm Nick Forster. Hope you can be with us next week, right here in E-Town. Takes a worried man to say a worried song. Takes a worried man to say a worried song. Takes a worried man to say a worried song. When I woke up, I had shackles on my feet. Takes a worried man to sing a worried song. Takes a worried man to sing a worried song. Takes a worried man to sing a worried song. I'm worried now, but I won't be worried long. I asked the judge what might be my fun. What might be my fun? I asked the judge, what might be my fun? 21 years on the Rocky Mountain line. Takes a worried man to sing a worried song. Takes a worried man to sing a worried song. Takes a worried man to sing a worried song.
Stanley and the Clinch Mountain Boys. Such great players and singers. Ramblin' Jack Elliott. V-Tones, Helen Forster. This is a production of E-Town. Wow, so cool to hear Ramblin' Jack Elliott and, of course, the late, great Ralph Stanley along with the Clinch Mountain Boys on stage at E-Town from back in 2009. It's such a treat to dive into these archives. I'm Nick Forster. Thank you for listening.